0: Welcome to the Pursuit of Wealth, where the age is surrounded by abundance. Join us as we navigate and explore health and wellness topics from mindset to deep health to intentions and everything in between. We welcome you with open hearts, open minds, and with the hopeful intention that you'll become a tiny bit better than yesterday. Today, we will be interviewing a um, someone who's very close to me, someone who I've pretty much idolized throughout my entire life for, for various reasons. I think that she's um, one of the closest persons to me outside of my mom, of course, and she actually is her sister. So she's well accomplished, and I'm super excited to have her on. Um, her name is Rose Monty Johnson. She is a fitness fanatic, a mom, a wife, a sister, an aunt me and lots of others and a friend she has a son who is 17 years old and he is a senior in high school and not into athletics though we hope i've always been into physics she's always been into physical activities even as a child and always wanted to be playing sports she would always say give me a ball not a doll as an adult she had a gym going six days a week and even went on to become an aerobics instructor certified by both ace and AFA, teaching high-impact step classes as well as step. And while her focus has changed, she continues to work out in the gym, gave up teaching to pursue higher education and business, and at that point, started to take up running. Running was the quickest way she saw to maintain fitness and weight without needing a membership to a gym, and of course, saving time. So welcome, Rose, to the Pursuit of Wealth. Thank you
1: for joining us today. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thank you for the kind words, Tiffany. Always. I think as you get older, the, the number of women our age goes down.
2: It does. And it's unfortunate because, you know, we, we tend to let other roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. put, push aside our own needs. And I, I think that's a really important issue, especially for women who maybe haven't been as physically active as you all of your life. I mean, are you, are most of your friends as active as you are, or do you kind of stand alone?
1: <laughs> I kind of stand alone. In fact, I have one friend. I was just, um, I have one friend who's pretty much immobile and needs hip complete hip replacement. And she's like, "I'm going to try hmm. to lose weight before I have the hip replacement." I'm like, "You're immobile. Just get the hip replaced because you're not going to. How are you going to lose weight?" <laughs> so she's always no, struggling with weight. <sighs> And, you know, she's a good friend. Then I have another friend that says, oh, I wish I could be, you know, as dedicated as you. And she's always hiring different personal trainers and always trying different things. And I'm like, why don't you just come with me every day and work out with me and save the money? But yeah, I'm kind of a standalone. I don't have friends that um, exercise as much as I do. It's hard to find someone that will go out and run the distance you wanna run or ride a bike or go on a hike. So yeah, it's It's challenging.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, let's kind of take this back to the beginning then. So how did you get into this? What was your trigger? What was your inspiration to say, man, I wanna do that. Give me a ball, not a doll. Get me out there on the track or whatever you began with. I'm curious about that.
1: Well, I always, I, I, I've always wanted to keep moving. So I guess when I was a kid, you know, the girls in the neighborhood always wanted to sit around and play with dolls. And I was just like, Oh, this is so boring. So I always went and found the boys in the neighborhood and would join in with them playing wiffle ball, football, whatever they were playing. That's what I did. You know, um, I I used to play baseball, football, basketball, all in the neighborhood with, you know, the rest of the boys. So I've always been that way. And then as I grew older, you know, got into high school, I always liked tennis too, as a child, but I didn't really have anyone to play with. So unfortunately what I would do is go to the um, local elementary school and just hit the ball off of the building for like hours, you know, just hit the ball and pretend I had a partner and try to challenge myself by hitting different shots. And so I've always wanted to move and then as i grew older after high school you know joined the gym memberships and as uh tiffany had indicated in my bio you know i i wanted to complete my college degree so in order to complete the college degree and save time save the gym membership i took up running and then as i started running I got in with a couple of people when I was working at IBM, we would run at lunchtime. And one of the women there invited me to a 10 K someone backed out. So she said, take this person's place. So I ran this 10 K road race. It was a stretch for me. And then when I got (laughs) back to her place, there was a bunch of people there, you know, probably 20 runners. And they're like, so when is your first marathon? And I was like, well, I wanted it to be when I was before I was 30. But now that I'm 37, 38, I guess I'll I'll go for it. So with that group of people and with that um, co-worker, I trained for my first marathon in 2001, I think I ran. So that was my first marathon. Before that, I would just run 5 K's and never really went much over five miles, but, you know, to do this 10 K and then all these people saying, yeah, you got to do a marathon. So I did a marathon in 2001 as a bandit. I was in the back of the pack and nervous. I might be thrown out of the race. It was the Boston marathon was the first one that I ran. So I ran that as a bandit and then, you know, kind of continued with my running and you, you train for a Boston marathon. You can run, all year long
2: yeah to be
3: thriving rather than surviving to be at your peak even into your 50s 60s 70s rather than embracing or understanding the commonality of getting older becoming weaker becoming less than that the people around you or through communities that you've known people are just Embracing the less than because it's convenient.
1: I, I think that's what people do. They do. They they go to the path of least resistance. Yes. Okay, I'm 50, I'm 40. I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to prove anything. But you're not really trying to prove anything to anyone other than yourself. I mean, it's for you that you should be doing it. We wanna, you know, do you wanna ha- be be having hip replacement or do you wanna be in a walker? Do you wanna be going on trips and there's excursions that you could take walking or hiking and you're going to say no i think i'd rather take a bus or whatever you're going to see so much more the more we maintain our mobility and our flexibility and keep moving we're going to see much more and experience much more in life if you just you know if you take tours or whatever and you're going to be in a bus or in a vehicle you're not going to see as much. You're not going to experience as much. And I Turns think up. a lot of people do um, yeah. just say, forget it. I'll, I'll have the ice cream or, right. you know, it's summertime. Let me have that homemade ice cream. It's no big deal. Definitely. Now, Auntie Rosie, oh, there it is. How long's a marathon?
0: Because we ran into this a lot, remember?
1: <laughs> yes, it's 26.2 miles because people would always ask, you know, how long is a marathon? How long was that marathon? It's like, they're all 26.2. So Tiffany um, bought me this t-shirt, which I couldn't wear for several years because I had a little to- toddler. And the, ter- the, the t-shirt says 26.2 freaking miles.
2: I <laughs> love it. What's your favorite way to train? And did you have any particular moments in your marathons where you weren't sure? Did you hit the wall? The the first one
1: I had this training partner and we ran basically just, um, the five days during the week and occasionally on the weekend, she would meet me for a little bit of a long run, but nothing, nothing more than like 10 or 13 miles. So the first marathon that I trained for, um, I did like, I went up to 22 miles and I did all of my training alone, completely alone. My husband would meet me, you know, I would tell him, meet me, you know, I would call him on my cell phone and say, meet me at this spot. I need more drinks or whatever. So he would help me with the drinks and everything. And him and my son would come and meet me and bring me drinks or whatever. But unfortunately, my son doesn't even remember really any of that.
2: Hmm.
1: So, and then my future marathons I have to say all of them I've trained alone. I've never really trained with a group. Okay. Um, but this time that I'm training is very different. I haven't run in one in 11 years. And I was uh, talking to Tiffany last week. She actually called me and I was out running and she goes, oh, oh, call me back. I said, no, 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 hang out with me. Because this time when I'm training on several occasions, I've gotten so bored of just running and listening to music. <laughs> Yeah. And I want to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. So I've I've called someone up or someone calls me and I take the call and I chat through the run. Last week, I actually ran 14 miles in a friend that I hadn't spoken to in a couple of months. We needed to catch up. She hung out with me the whole run. That's and my awesome. pace was like 10, 10, 23 or 10, 27 for the 14 miles, which wow. I would have never got that pace. So that makes me realize that it would be good if I had someone locally to run with. Sure. So, um, but like I said, none of my friends are going to go out and run 14 miles. And and um, back to how you were saying that the marathons are always televised. That was actually my, my inspiration as a child is my mother, uh, Tiffany's grandmother, her meme, was always into sports and, and, mm-hmm. and always... She's very competitive. So she would always be watching the Boston Marathon. And I remember as a kid coming in and out of the house and asking her what was going on. And, and, so, and I said when I was a kid, someday I'm going to do that. I remember one time it was like 70 degrees out. And I said to my mother, oh, it's great weather for the marathon. And she's like, no, it's actually kind of warm for the marathon. So, so my mom was definitely the inspiration as to why I wanted to finish a marathon why I wanted to run a marathon. And she is the reason that I decided to jump back in this year because I don't know if um, Tiffany shared with you guys, but the Boston Marathon, the the date of the official marathon is October 11th. And my mom would have turned 90. And um, she just passed away in December. And all last year, she kept saying, I'm going to be 90. I'm going to be 90. So I just said, the marathon going to be on our 90th birthday. I got to get a number. Wow. So I'm running virtually. You know, I'm not, I've ne- I've, I've just missed a Boston qualifier. So I'm going to run virtually. I'm going to run October 9th, which is my husband's um, mother's birthday. And she mm-hmm. too has passed. Um, so. Um, and where are you going to finish? I think I'm going to finish at my house because yeah. Mamie's house is. Sold. So yeah. I got to figure out a route to finish 26.2 yeah. in front of my house. Um, and, and I was I did actually reach out to the people uh, locally in Marlboro because Marlborough, that, that's my hometown where I live, is um, at some point going to have a marathon. Oh, Oh, and so I yeah. yeah. They, they, so through the Panther Trail and the rail trails and everything, Tiff, they want to yeah. um, they want to create a marathon. So I asked them if they would be interested in trying to do that this year for people that are running Boston virtually. But unfortunately, the running the local running club, a lot of those people are volunteering at the marathon. So they're not interested in doing that. Oh. So I'll be thinking of my mother. I'll be thinking of my mother-in-law mm-hmm. and I'll be just thinking of anyone that is a mother. And and, you know just yeah just persevere and, and get through it busting it out for the mothers <laughs> right for the mothers it's all about the mothers
0: I love I'm gonna mother. keep I'm gonna keep referencing bust it out because to know her is to know that that's that's what that's what her motto is in life right
2: okay. bust yeah. it out
0: yeah. whatever it is just that's bust it out
2: one. I'm gonna put that on the wall in my gym
0: yeah, it's true right just bust it out bust now, it out I- get it that's right. Rose, so, so there was one marathon that you were really trying to qualify for. Oh, yeah. So that one always will bother me too. Not because I ran it, but because I was there because I, well, I don't, I wasn't at your first one. I've been at most of them and I, I have done my best to support you um, because I think it's a wonderful thing because I love you. And um, yeah, I just want to support you. But there was one marathon that was two laps around in Lowell, right? And it finished in a stadium. Yes. And I was with her husband, Raphael, and Trevor, uh, her son. How old was Trevor at that point? He was he was still young.
1: Yeah, that was 2010, so 11 years ago, right? Yeah, so he was like five, maybe? 11, uh, six, five or six, yeah, yeah, whatever, yep.
0: So we're standing in the stadium. I, I feel like it was kind of misty and, and, and not the best of days, and, you know, we could track her virtually. And so that's what we were doing. And so we knew she was coming into the stadium and she, what was your goal?
1: To get to four hours to qualify for Boston.
0: So she comes into the stadium and there's a big timer. She comes into the stadium at three fifty three hours and 59 minutes. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Cause there was no way <laughs> she was running to the end of that stadium, you know? So she finished And she came to find us, you know, she's in her tinfoil and, you know, gives a hug to to her husband and Trevor. And I just looked at her and I go, you didn't make it. And I felt so horrible. And it like, it bothered me so much because I knew that that was her goal and I knew how hard she had trained and I felt so horrible. But at the same time, I was like, we just got to rip this bandaid off because that's what you would want. As horrible as the news was, right? Like you wanted to know. And so I just looked at her and I was like, you didn't make it. And I'll never forget that because I felt so horrible to tell her, but I, I wanted her to know at the same time. How did that make you feel?
1: I just missed so that that particular marathon. I was two minutes over a qualifying time, and what is the worst part about it is it was two <laughs> the things. Water bottle. During, yeah, the water bottle that was one of them. Two things is at one point I stopped at a porta potty, and I was standing in line. And a guy went in the porta potty. It's like, why did I even bother waiting? Because if a guy is going in a porta potty, he's going to be there a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, at that point, I just went behind the porta potty and did what I needed to do, and kept running. And halfway through, pretty close to halfway through, I met up with this woman who was um, she was on pace. She was being tracked. She was her goal was to finish in four hours. I said, well, I, I'm on. I'm on pace with you. Why don't I, I'm going to hang with you if you don't mind. So we kind of became friendly chit chatting. Then towards the end of the finish, I was kind of ahead of her and she was slowing down and someone came to help her finish. So they joined in the race to help her keep on pace. And I stopped to give some people on a bike that were with her group, my fuel belt, because I was done with it. And I was tired of running with it. I wanted to get rid of this baggage so I could finish. Mm -hmm. I gave them my name, my phone number, my address, and it was my favorite fuel belt. Well, I finished at 4.02 and some change, not the qualifier, and I never got my fuel belt. Mm. And at the end, when I saw the clock and I realized that I didn't make it, I was like ready to cry. And my husband's like, Don't even, don't, you you can't, you can't be upset because, you know, a lot of people can't run a marathon, let alone, you know, so, so, you know, I contacted the BAA. They said, Oh, write a letter and we'll see and whatever. And anyways, it it didn't work out. I didn't get in, but the following year, I did run Boston. I got in with a charity and ran. And again, Tiffany, as Tiffany said, I think you've gone to every marathon, probably most of most of them. Not the, first one, the because, first one
2: because
1: yeah. So um, at that following Boston, my time was four ten in some change. So again, Tiffany was there to let me know <laughs> you didn't make it, and I said that's okay. I'm going to hang my hat and. But I appreciate mm-hmm. that time, um, Tiffany came, her her mom came, a bunch of my nieces and nephews. Well, not a bunch. Her whole family came. They made, made t-shirts. Sense. So it was yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. But yeah, for the most part, I've just run and no one real... I don't have a lot of fanfare out there. I don't have people that are coming and watching. And
2: yeah.
1: my parents never came to any of the marathons or anything. But yeah, so I kind of run alone. But um like I said this time when I'm training I find it helpful to be able to talk to someone. Yeah. So I've jumped on the phone. I mean
2: Yeah, why, why not? not? It's different. It's just nice to have the company. When I was training my husband used to ride his bike with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. On the long on the long runs and that was easier for him and he could carry supplies and we could chat. He could ride off and come back, you know, and just was nice. Yeah. Have you thought about what's next after that? So actually
1: before the marathon, this weekend, I have a sprint triathlon. Uh, It's always been a fitness bucket list item to do a sprint triathlon. So three years ago, I learned, I realized I don't know how to swim and I actually learned how to swim. So in 2019, (laughs) I was supposed to do this um, title nine, all Women sprint triathlon in Hopkinton, which is you know, nice to be back in Hopkinton. That's where Boston starts. So um it got canceled that year because the blue algae in the water. And I was like, oh geez. So I did a run, bike run. And I said, well, that that doesn't really, that doesn't give me the check. So signed up for it again. We had COVID. So last year I did it virtually. And this coming Sunday is um hopefully it's gonna happen because with all this rain, sometimes it creates. Um, bacteria in the mm-hmm. lakes and you don't get to swim. So oh. I'm hoping and praying that this Sunday will be it because I don't like the water. I'm not a swimmer. I'm not comfortable in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've learned how to swim, but I- I'm just not comfortable in the water. Like then finish up training for the marathon. And I think I'm going to look for a half marathon to do in like November or December just to maintain my fitness level i right. think a half half is a great race you know it's it's way more than a 5 or a 10k hmm. and it's it gets you into a good fitness level
2: it it does That's, and it it doesn't it doesn't take all of your time like training for right. a full because when you right. decide to train for a full it's like you have another job yeah cuz you're out there I, running for you know 3 4
3: hours So I don't think many people realize exactly how much time you put to train. So can you talk about like a normal schedule when you were training for your marathon? How much time did you actually dedicate? And then afterwards, you know, talk about what things you had to keep in mind because you weren't obviously eating junk food. You weren't eating snacks. You had to make some sacrifices with things you could and could not do. You had to maintain your water level, your electrolyte level. And also, Maintaining a confident mindset that you can actually do it day in and day out.
1: I don't think that my diet was as great when I was younger. Over you know the past five years, I think I've maintained my you know a healthier diet. Really watching what I eat because my A one C is high. I have high cholesterol, so I've changed my diet in that way. And as Tiff turned me on to this uh, LMNT electrolyte drink, so I've been using that, and I find that is a good drink. The other thing that I would use too, because I, I I never really got into um, Gatorade or any of the, I just never really liked those. So I would actually, um, Johnny, I would actually drink Pedialyte, like the yeah. Claire Pedialyte. It's a good
3: substitute. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I didn't want all this other Chemicals, the dyes, and all of that in my body. So I I, early on I used Pedialyte, but now um, I'm using the LMNT um, for hydration. Um, And you're right; you have to make sacrifices. You know, you have to make sure you're getting your rest. Um, When when I was working full time and training for a marathon, it was much harder. You know, and when my son was younger, it was harder too, because I'm I'm leaving to go out for these long runs on the weekend. And Can't right. Leave boys <laughs> idols. Right. And, and the other thing is, so, yeah, it takes a long time. And people might say, how can you go out there and run for that long? You know, you're gone from your family for four hours. And I said, well, when a husband goes golfing, he's gone for that amount of time. Yeah. Sure. You, and you know what that's one of the that's
0: one of the big things there because I think that that speaks exactly to what you're saying about women dropping off of fitness or never getting involved in it because of these stigmas or these preconceived notions that oh we're the women in the household or you know what now I have kids, now I have a career. but it goes back to this whole self-care thing that we're so passionate about. I mean that is your self-care emotionally, physically, right? I mean, how deep does it run figuratively? <laughs> no pun intended, but you know, I, it, I think exactly right. Cause people are saying to you, how can you do that? And you're like, well, my husband golfs two days a week and nobody gives him
1: golf. What's the difference? Right. And, and so, so I would just say, you know, cause I always trained for Boston usually. Right. So I would say it's winter times in the summertime, he goes off golfing for four hours in the winter time. He doesn't mind me going out and doing these long runs. Yeah. Um, but, uh, This time is very different, though, Johnny, because I don't have the same people around me as I had when I was younger. I don't have all these runners around me. I don't have. um, It's just different. And I haven't done it in so long. So I guess I have more. um, As Julie was saying, I guess I have some some doubt. More adversity? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I say, I I don't know. Am I crazy? Should I be doing this? Uh, Am I going to be able to do this? And then I say, listen, I can do this. I've done it before. And I just remind myself that uh, I'm not really looking for a qualifying time. I'm just looking to finish. And I have to remember my reason why. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this to memorialize and remember my mom, who would be 90. It brings me back to you know, all the training that I've done in the past. And as Julie said, what's next? So I'm like, I I don't want to get to this point, get to this fitness level, and then just drop off. So I am definitely trying to think of, I was just thinking that yesterday, I got to stop looking for what's next. Because right now, I'm a month away. So really, I have three weeks of training left, right? Because you the last week is taper, you got to taper. Yeah. Yeah. And and this Marathon training has been very different in the sense, too, that previously I always did like four 20-plus mile runs, um, conference call tonight, and I asked them that question. Why have your training plans changed? So their training plans used to consist of six days of running, right? And you progress up through the week. You know, before your long run, you're only doing a couple of miles. The training plans now are such that Um, You run, you cross train, you run, you cross train, and then you run and you run. And so my question to them is, how am I going to feel confident that I'm going to be able to finish a marathon when I've only done gone up to 18 miles? And in all my other previous trainings, I've done four 20 plus mile runs. So Mm -hmm. it's just a different and I'm sure they have a science and a methodology yeah. as to why they changed the training plans. But
2: I, so for me, that mental wow. pot is hard. Cross training, you're strengthening your core, which is a huge part of it. That a lot of the old running training programs never covered. Right. You know all of that upper body strength because you really do need that in order to be able to run well and have good posture and maintain your um, just for endurance.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. And actually, when I first this time when I was training, when I was younger, I never lifted weights in conjunction with my training. This time I have been doing it like the first time I did a long run. I was like, wow, everything kind of hurt. So I just Googled up some um, good training plans for legs Mm -hmm. for um, running. And I started on the weight. two alternate cross train days. I started lifting weights. And on those days, I also swim for an hour. So, um, I think the swimming is going to help my run as well. Sure. So I'm just, uh, I just hope it, it it goes well. I'm like, you know, I guess I have more doubt this. I have doubt this time. And in the past, I never really had doubt. Like, how is it going to go?
2: Well, just talking to you, I don't have any doubt. And I can't wait to hear how it goes. (laughs) I never have any
0: doubt. I mean, you're talking about someone who had COVID for, I mean, you were in your bedroom for 16 days. Yes. And her only focus was Mm -hmm. every day. I mean, she was sick, real sick. And her focus Mm -hmm. every day was jumping rope or foam rolling or you know, the fitness is such a part of, of who you are in every way. And you really exude that. I mean, to me, she's calling, I'm calling her every day and she's like, all right, I got to do my jump. And I'm like, why? Oh my goodness. Stop. You know, in my mind, I'm like, you're crazy.
1: Why would you be doing that? But, but that's you,
0: right? Get air
2: down yes. into those lungs. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's why I did it. I, and I didn't do a lot. I would just like, you know, maybe jump rope till I really got out of breath a little and then stop. And, you know, uh, breathing out the window and just, yeah, getting up and stretching. Oh, it was terrible to be in one room for 16 days. And my fever was over 100 every day, which was just, it was brutal. I I find now actually, too, when I go for the long runs, I still feel like I have like congestion um, and I have a cough still kind of lingering in there, but, um, yeah, so, so yeah, I got to think about what's next. Can you
0: talk a little bit about your nutrition? Because, you know, like Johnny was saying too, right. I mean, everything, uh, everything surrounds, not just running, right. It surrounds the sleep, the recovery and nutrition is part of the recovery. It's also part of the race. It's also part of just fueling yourself. And, you know, I think you've, probably had to change a few things. You mentioned your A1C and things like that. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about what that looks like for you.
1: Yes. So in the past, um, maybe it's been two years. So my A1C has always been creeping and, you know, it's been over six. Now my fasting sugar is over a hundred. So the doctor's like, I'm going to put you on meds. And I'm like, give me a little more time. Give me a nutritionist. So I met with a nutritionist, a dietitian, and um, she actually helped me fine tune my diet to the point where she would say, what were you eating? What are you eating? So in the afternoon, I would have an apple for a snack. And she's like, and what else? And I'm like, just an apple. And I mainly just drink water. I don't have soda or juice or, Hmm. you know, I just drink water. And she pointed yeah. out to me that I can't just have the apple, I have to have a protein with it. And the problem yeah. with having the protein is my son has severe nut allergies, but at this point mm. he's 17. So I'm not so afraid and I have to, and I, I also realize I have to take care of myself. I can't just worry about him. He has to be able to manage it himself. So I said to the dietitian fine. I'll start eating nuts. So, you know, I started mixing the nuts in with the fruit. Um, she actually helped me to, um, decide which roots would be best based on high A1C, mm-hmm. no more bananas, unless they're green, no more melons, you know, a lot of stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, that I was eating. I no longer eat because of the A1C So I have the apples, you know, I can have a lots, lots of berries and nuts and also um, incorporating the fiber, um, chia seeds, uh, flaxseed, adding that into my yogurt. When I eat the yogurt, I make sure I have, you know, the yogurt that is the purest and least amount of sugar. I also, you know, I do a lot of reading of labels. So I always look at what is the fiber content? What are the carbs? What is the fiber versus the sugar? What is the added sugar? And I really try to avoid anything that has added sugar. Um, right. But it, at this point, it's genetics because I just went last week or the week before and my fasting sugar was 130 and My A1C is still over six. So she gave me two more months because she's like, I know you're training really hard. Let's see what happens in two months. Um, And as far as eating, I eat um, a lot of fish, chicken. I have beef once in a while and beef I didn't eat for years because of the cholesterol, but I incorporated it back into my diet when my iron got um, dangerously low. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and that was due to a life change, you know, a life change made my iron get extremely low, I had to go for an iron transfusion, but I do eat a lot of green vegetables, mm. spinach mm. all the time, um, broccoli, um, lots of salads. And, and I think it's important for people to realize too, think about what you eat and how you feel after you eat. Like you have to think about, okay, I just ate and and wait and see how you feel. Like, okay, go and have a donut and then see how you feel. Go and have an apple and some nuts and see how you feel. And the feeling is gonna be very different that the the carbs, the high carbs and the processed food is just gonna make you sluggish where these other good foods, they're gonna fuel us and they're gonna give us energy.
2: Yeah, especially after you, a couple hours after you eat, right? And everything goes, whoo.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, fine tuning my diet, but for the running part, <clears throat> you know, since I'm doing the big, a lot of running on, um, before a long run, I may eat a banana or after a long run, I may have that melon or have some of those, you know, I can't eat pineapple, but I'm not, I shouldn't say I can't. But it's recommended that I stay away from, you know, all the melons, pineapple, that that my fruits should consist of mainly um, fruits with thicker skin and berries. So,
0: but after um, running for those many miles, I mean, you're the, you know, the glucose that you're getting from the fruits are going right to your, you know, your muscles and rep- you know what I mean? It's going right into your system. Whereas if you ate it, just waking up, it's going to have a different effect. So in essence, it's probably the best way. Now, I know we had talked about before, have you tried like maple syrup or honey while you're running? Because you have mentioned that your sugar dips.
1: I haven't. Um, I was trying to find some of those. I saw those honey packs somewhere, but when I went to the supermarket and went down to like the natural food aisle at Hanfins, I didn't see them, but I was.
0: Davidians sell them. They sell them right at the, like Davidian farms in North pro. Oh, okay. Okay. They sell the honey sticks that you can just like kind of rip off the top and squeeze them. The honey straws. Okay.
1: Uh, I'll try that next weekend or maybe next week during a long run, but yeah. And for the maple syrup, what would I do? Just.
0: I'm. I'm sure. See, the problem is, is that if you were to look for maple syrup packets, unfortunately, what you're going to get is the not so real maple syrup.
2: Yeah, but I prefer um, corn syrup version.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the pure maple syrup, um, that's interesting. I'm, I'll, I'll look and see if I can find anything that would be, you know, sort of like a little packet of it, um, because I think that 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 would be really useful for you you know, to maintain your energy levels, just that quick hit of sugar that your body knows exactly what to do with. Cause it's a very pure thing. Maple syrup and honey. They're very pure.
1: Yeah. yeah i have to go get those, those, um, honey, honey sticks. sticks
2: are good. My favorite training snack was banana with peanut butter. Cause the peanut butter slowed it down just enough. Yes. But it, or when, when we did cycling, they, they boiled little red potatoes, um, yes. And th- oh. then chilled them and rolled them in salt. Oh. And just popping idea. one or two of those was awesome. Really? Yeah. I may try that.
1: That's a good idea. Because the salt is what what you crave too, not just, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, the sugar dipping. Yeah. But my, my PCP did say if I, the electrolyte drinks, keeping up with the electrolytes should help for my sugar not to dip you know, because everything evolves right now, we're finding out how important weight training is, even when we're doing endurance sports. Now we we know weight training does help that we know how much our diet plays a role in that in our hydration. And it's not and your sleep. And it's not just the day of or during. It's pre race that all of that is very important as well. Every day, really. The older we get, the harder it gets yeah. to maintain a fitness level, right? The older you get, the harder it gets to maintain a fitness level. And when you let it go, it's, it's you know, like three times the work to get it back. Yeah. So, but it's never too late. No, it's not. No, you, you see... Um, In the news or in the media, sometimes you hear about these people that are like 70 or 80 years old and they go out and they run their first whatever road race or whatever. And it's great. It's inspiring. Yeah. A purpose for doing it. And and the purpose should be for ourselves to maintain our health, to maintain our mobility. And I guess I think, Johnny, a lot of people just say it's too much work and I don't want to do it. It might hurt. And, and I'd rather have those Oreos than the apple, but they, you know, because the Oreo gives instant gratification, right. Or so they think, I mean, but once you stop eating that,
0: gosh, that apple is amazing.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Because it's that real honest to God fruit and flavor and it melts in your mouth and it's so appreciated. When you know what it's like to taste real sugar, real fruit, real food, your palate just changes and it it just, you're absorbing everything that you eat. I mean, they say one of the most meditative experiences is to actually go out and garden, pick, grow, whatever, go pick apples. There's nothing more meditative than picking fruit. There's a reason for that because it comes from the earth. There's so much that made that and then we get to absorb it. And we're absorbing the earth with it, the sun. We're absorbing all of that. That's why you say you can't really be upset sharing fruit with somebody, right? Because the fruit has absorbed all that sunlight, all that rain, all that soil. And now we are going to share it together. It's a beautiful thing. It truly is. Now, now maybe the donut is easier, but it will never have that same experience from soil to body.
1: right? Right. Yes. And, and you're right. The gardening is very um, therapeutic. therapeutic, and you know, especially when you you start a garden when you have young kids. You know, the kids just love to see everything popping up, and th- they're gonna eat. They're gonna eat better because they like to go out to the garden and just pick the stuff off the vine and and eat it. Yeah, I, when Trevor was younger, he really he's the one. My son Trevor is the one that I didn't have a garden. He had me start a garden because I had a friend. I have a friend that has a big garden and um, Trevor was always up at her house. And, you know, he liked the fact that his friends and him would go into the garden and just grab stuff and eat it. And, and it's funny, you mentioned the um, whole earth thing because, you know, I'll tell people, people say, Oh, you have a big yard. You know, how do you take care of it? Well, I take care of it. You do all the weeding and everything. Yes. I like to do that work. And they're like, you like, to do yard work? Yes. You're in the dirt. You're in the earth. I don't wear gloves. My no. husband's always like, look at your hands. And I'm like, it's okay. But yeah. So, so gardening is, is another uh, great your
2: pastime. Goal. Well, not to sound exclusive, but I wonder if a lot of that is our generation because that's exactly how I feel and I enjoy I'm the one who mows the grass at our house. My husband doesn't like it so much. He's from England. You know, they're not over there most yards aren't so big and that's to me that's just one of the most fun things to do because I can see the fruits of my labors and I can go out and play in the garden and get my hands dirty and kneel in the dirt and pick fresh vegetables and but yeah, I I know many of my friends feel that way, but I know a lot of people who don't, and I don't know if it's a generational thing, if it's a social thing, if it's a cultural thing. I I don't know. I don't know.
0: Could be all of the above. I will tell you yesterday. So um, Lucy and I um, had a garden last year. It was our first attempt and we grew these magnificent tomatoes. And I, I can, I can definitely understand because man, when she walked out there the first time and saw those tomatoes, I thought her heart was going to explode. I mean, truly, she was that into it. And so this year, um, you know, I'll definitely lean on you next year, Auntie Rosie, for more gardening tips and such because she's really into it. But um, I kind of cleaned out the space because it kind of all grew. It just I didn't I didn't do a lot of the things appropriately that I will do next year. But needless to say, we had a couple carrots, and um, she picked them because you know they were ready. They weren't going to grow. Maybe they would have grown much more, but just to see the joy on her face. It was, it, it, it's so beautiful. And then yesterday I was cleaning it out and we planted a bunch of tomato plants, but nothing grew. Well, I'm, I'm picking out all the weeds and I see one tomato on a vine, one green tomato on a vine. So Lucy comes home from school. I said, honey, come look what mama did. I said, do you see anything in there? And again, this earthly joy of just seeing that one tomato, I mean, she's so proud of it. We're never going to get to eat it. It's still green. It doesn't matter. For her, that's life. And it's such a beautiful
1: thing. You could still try to fry it, fried green tomatoes. That's true. That's true because I put love it in a bri- Or you could put it in a bag and see if it ripens. Yeah, that's
0: true. But, but- I love, but just to see the joy on her face. And she always says, mama, dirt's healthy, right? Yes, it is, honey. Yes, it is. Play in the dirt. Feet and hands in the dirt. Yes, yes.
2: I worked with a fellow and um, when I was in corporate HR and one of our immigration lawyers was talking to me one day and he said, geez, I know you're a nutritionist, but he said, I, I really, how do you get kids to eat vegetables? And I, it was springtime. I said, plant a garden. I said, really? Mm-hmm. I said, plant a garden and have them help you. And so he planted two, he make, made two raised garden beds for his kids, a son and a daughter. And they had a, they got to pick the vegetables they wanted to plant. And then they had a little friendly competition to see whose plants did better. And he said, all of a sudden, now they're all about vegetables and they love the garden and they have so much fun with it because they got to watch everything grow. They know that they did the work to help it mature. And yeah, now they eat vegetables.
3: More grown-ups should do it. Grown-ups should do it. We say all around the world, <laughs> the obesity rate is increasing. Mental health is an issue grow a garden you can earth yourself you can ground yourself become more balanced in your energy levels and get some nutrition out of it
1: yes
0: Agreed. and just to be so intimate with something that you get to eat is a, is a beautiful it's a beautiful experience
2: yeah.
0: i mean even i experience it when i hike and i f- get water from a stream i mean that itself i mean if you want to feel energized and grounded even though i'm still filtering it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. We spent four days in the woods and I come back and I taste the water here and I'm like, give me more of that stream water because you're just, you're there, you're grounded. And you know, I think that that is a big part of us as well. I mean, we talk about fitness and stuff like that. And, but, but, you know, I think that speaks to fitness because I know the people in my world that work out um, to any degree, they do it also for mental
1: health. Mental health is a big factor of keeping the fitness going. You're definitely going to feel better. And they say, well, I can't be as
0: motivated for as you, or how do you do it? Or, or they have all these questions for you as if you're doing
1: something so unique, but are you right? I don't think it's, I don't think it's unique. I just think that they have to have the drive. That's what I told this one friend of mine that keeps hiring all these different fitness trainers. I mean, she did school, this cool sculpting or something to get, and I'm like, what on earth are you doing, doing the only way you're going to get fit. The only way you're going to get rid of your fat is by diet and exercise. And, and your diet is, is now they're saying your diet is like 80% of it. Right. Yeah.
2: You can't outrun and, your fork.
1: <laughs> oh, right. And so, so these people, you know, like in the winter time, I probably won't, I won't run outside you know, I'll switch to doing stuff inside just because of the safety in my age. I don't want to fall and break a hip or break a bone or, you know, I don't, I don't want to be running outside in, in the cold and slip and fall. So in the wintertime, I typically spin, you know, I'll do like a 45 minute spin class. Maybe I'll do some days I might do two classes back to back 45 minutes and then a half hour upper body um, weight regimen that I do. And, you know, then on the other days, I'll continue with my swimming or I may even start rowing this winter if, if the weather's bad or if COVID gets so bad that we don't really want to go to the gym again. Um, but y- you have to be willing to to push yourself and put in the time. And, and you know, people can say, oh, look at you, you know, I, I want your workout program. Well, I can give you my workout program, but you have to be motivated and you have to right. be self Discipline to do it. I mean, you're, you're hiring a personal, you're spending $70 a week on a personal trainer and and you Mm -hmm.
2: don't,
1: you're not even seeing any results. Right. Because they want something that you have, but
0: unfortunately when people make those generalized comments, what they're forgetting is the work that you're doing and the sacrifice that you're doing also show us the guns, but seriously, right. Right. I mean, you're doing all of that. It's it's not, you just weren't born. You didn't wake up one day and all of a sudden, you know, weigh what you weigh?
1: No, No. in fact, in high school, um, not, not to my face, but behind my back, they called me, um, Rosie Greer. He was like a 300 pound football player. So I was pretty heavy in high school. I was like about 190 pounds. And right now I'm 138. So Mm -hmm. in high school, I was pretty heavy. I didn't eat right. I didn't really care that I was heavy because I didn't realize the health implications and how it would impact me later. So I got heavy for, I didn't care that I was heavy. So you guys all gluten free. What's that?
3: I said i try and be most times uh, and I'm pretty good. It's easy though and convenient in Vietnam.
2: Yeah. I have been for 12 years and so has my husband by virtue of me doing it. Um, he found that he was intolerant as well. Um, and now we have a dog who also is.
0: <laughs> That's funny.
2: Can I, okay. I'm this tall. is a very personal question. How tall are you?
1: Five, five.
2: Okay. And a half. And so um,
1: interesting that you 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 asked that it just made me think too that, um, so when I was started meeting with the dietitian or whatever you know I was around one forty five between one forty 140 and one forty five I feel most comfortable at one forty three but the dietitian told me I want to want between one thirty five and one forty. So that's something that I have been um, trying to maintain. If I stay between 135 and 140 and maintain that, my A1C will be at six. But that's still too high. Yeah. So I, I may just, I hate to say it, but I may just start the meds just because I'm reading and hearing about what diabetes, what not taking medicine for diabetes can do to your body. So I hate to say it, but. I may just start taking the meds like, you know, training and running and feeling the dip, you know, feeling, feeling when I know my sugar is dipping or my sugar is off.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think I need to medicate.
2: Yeah,
1: I hate to say it, but, yeah. but.
2: Well, and you have to do what's right for you. I know I'm, I am very much, I don't want to say anti-meds, but I am about finding every other solution first. It sounds like you are too, but when you need them, you need them.
0: Right, that's why we live in the time that we live, but at least you can look at yourself and say,
1: I did everything I could.
2: Tell us a fun fact about you.
1: So the fun fact is when I was 17, um, the bank was giving away three different prizes. So I put my name in the hat. I wanted to get the 10 speed bike. (laughs) And, um, I forget one, I think was maybe it was cash. I don't know what it was. And then another one was a shopping spree to a supermarket. So I won the shopping spree to the supermarket. So Mm -hmm. my dad and I went to the supermarket, did a couple of trial runs. And so 17, that was, um, 42 years ago i got almost 1200 worth of groceries
2: wow
3: oh my goodness
1: oh yeah the guys from the bank were kind of like standing in the aisles um
3: (laughs) they're like crap (laughs)
1: when i was pushing the carts down the aisle you know um they they were like standing in the way and i was like you better move because i'm just coming straight ahead yeah my dad and i went and uh scoped out the store and so you know, we went to the tuna fish aisle and the spam aisle, deviled ham or whatever. And he said, what are you going to do here? And I said, I'm going to stick my hands in, put the <laughs> cart up there and just scoop it all in. I cleared yeah. out all the spam, all the tuna fish. I got a bunch of peanut butter, olive oil, because olive oil was in, you know, the, the big cans. Yeah. So they wouldn't get damaged. I went to the uh-huh. meat, meat aisle and grabbed all the fresh meat and... Yeah. It was pretty, uh, it was fun. Excellent.
0: Excellent. I think that's pretty awesome.
1: That is awesome. Yeah. And then my dad had to buy a freezer, which cost him about $800. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> He still yielded a couple hundred though, especially for all the mouths. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a yeah. lot of food. Yeah. yeah. If you had to give listeners like one piece of advice, just one thing, what would, what would that be?
1: You can do it. Push yourself, you can do it. Well, thank
0: you so much for coming on today. And um, you know, we look forward to following up about your seventh marathon and healing in hearing all the trials and tribulations that, that, that you endured for that. But know that we will all be there on October 9th and in mind, body, and I'll be there I'll be there physically.
3: This podcast was produced by Julie Tiffany and myself. Keep updated for the latest deep health, nutritious conversations. If you're already successful in the health and well-being industry, a coach, practitioner, trainer, and other related career passions with a thriving business and have an interesting story, we'd love to hear from you.